Welcome to the Marketing for Startups podcast. If you're trying to figure out marketing for your startup, then you're in the right place. In this podcast, we go high level, looking at the intersection of branding, data, and leadership to offer you a marketing playbook to grow and scale. Join me each week for in-depth interviews, tactical advice, and practical trainings. Hi, I'm your host, Victoria Hajar, veteran marketer and startup enthusiast. I promise to bring my experience and curiosity to each episode Then together, we'll peel back the onion on this ever-changing discipline that is marketing. I'm so happy you're here. Let's dive in. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode. I'm so happy you're here as always, but this month of August, I'm going to be tackling a topic that's really near and dear to my heart, and that is data, metrics, and systems. The reason why I'm so passionate about these topics is because it's something that doesn't quite come so naturally to me. And I've done a a lot of work in improving myself as being really data-driven and systems-oriented. And a lot of founders I know have a similar makeup to me where we're easily excited We have a lot of great ideas. We're really good at pushing through new projects and new tasks and sort of getting balls rolling and starting things, right? But the thing that becomes a little bit maybe tedious or where we tend to lose interest is in those details. And for me, Data in particular has been something that as a marketer has just grown in importance over the years. I've been a marketing director now for over 10 years and I can tell you in the 10 years, the amount of data that is available to me, to all founders, to business owners is unreal. In the past couple of years, I've, I've thought you know, in order to do my job properly, I need to, I need to up-level my skills. I need to think like a data analyst to actually navigate all of the reports and um, all the information that we have available to us. <clears throat> and so I've actually had some tough moments that I'll share with you today you know, getting into this mindset and really up-leveling my skills. And I wanted to share with you today how I did it. And it's something that I still work on every day. And I'll tell you how I do that. But my hope is if I share a little bit about my story, if this is something that you also struggle with, you can begin to sort of develop yourself in this way. Because having a metrics mindset and a and being a data-driven person really puts yourself above the competition as a founder. And it is just so important for saving time and saving money and just being able to make smart decisions and move forward in an effective way in your business. I mean, we're so lucky to be living in this, this time where we have all of this data. But I think... A lot of people in general, they shy away from learning because it just seems too complicated. It's kind of stressful. And 
there's so many other things to focus on. You know, taking the time to learn how to be a data analyst maybe doesn't really fit on your to-do list. So that's why I'm here to share a little bit about my story. So let's back up. You know, for many years, and I've been, again, marketing for a while, but working as a consultant for a really long time. And I'm embarrassed to say, but there are many years as a consultant that I didn't really pay attention to the data and the metrics and the performance of everything that I was doing. I just didn't. And as a marketing director, I, I've hired a lot of people that also don't pay a ton of attention to the performance and the results. And you kind of move forward executing on great creative ideas and having meetings full of excitement and, you know, having these guerrilla marketing campaigns and all of this like really exciting, fun part of marketing that you just keep pushing through and churning and all of those things without kind of stopping and really reviewing like, is this working or not working? Is all of this creative juice that we're spending on these particular tasks actually yielding results, actually yielding revenue? So for many years, I just, I didn't really look at it. I would toss together a report and a lot of people I worked with would also toss together some pretty benign reports that didn't really say a ton. We'd make some really superficial conclusions about what was happening and then sort of forget about it. And I believe I was able to kind of get away with that for so long because the founders that I worked with also wasn't holding me accountable for that level of analysis. Now, granted, over the years, again, as I mentioned, the level of data has changed tremendously, right? I mean, nowadays, there's software for connecting almost every system and really advanced reports that you can get. And, and now AI, like not to mention you know, how AI is playing into sort of data and improving performance. But I do find it interesting upon reflecting to record this episode that there are so many founders that also weren't looking at the data themselves or really digging into the data. And it wasn't until I worked with my most seasoned founder to date. And this was a couple years back. I worked with a founder that had had three previous exits. So a really seasoned founder. And as soon as I entered that project, I knew that I was operating on a completely different level. And I was brought in to assess the marketing and to actually steer the ship in a different direction because marketing had stopped performing and we had to go through quite a bit of analytical um, information to make some key decisions on how to move forward. And the process was a new one when I was doing it. It was quite a new kind of project that I was working on. But I was really excited because at that part in my consulting career, I was really itching to up my game and to start working with more scale-ups and on just kind of bigger accounts. But this seasoned founder was really difficult to work with. 
And one of the difficulties was because he was incredibly data-driven. And for me, as being someone that has sort of hidden behind, you know, I'm, I'm pretty good at sort of work in a room and talking to people and kind of have that sort of personality that connects nicely with people. I'm quite outgoing. And that's sort of how I got into the project. But once I got into the project, I realized that I was definitely over my head in terms of data and all of the formulas and I was expected in this with this particular founder to be incredibly sharp with not only you know the basic data that you know I was accustomed to which is like you know cost per lead and sort of you know client acquisition costs and these kind of basics but deeper like deeper analysis you know, really being able to dig into long-term forecasting. And there were, this business was a SaaS model. And I hadn't worked with many SaaS models at the time. And so there were even tons more of acronyms and data that we were collecting that were really foreign to me. But if I can sort of paint the picture a little bit on how I felt during this period, I knew I was above my head and I was happy because of for that because I wanted to push myself and I know that I needed to sort of get working with a founder that was at a higher level that was going to demand more for me so I could learn but it was so painful because I'm a person that has thought always of myself as being bad with numbers so much so that if someone asks me like simple multiplication and division questions like off the cuff and wants me to answer them like I I freeze like I, I literally have anxiety and so I found myself in this situation where I was being quizzed on you know formulas for different costs and you know quarter over quarter year over year you know percentage upticks or downticks but on the fly right and it's fine to do that when you're prepared to present it and you're preparing it, you know, with some, you know, in the privacy of your own home and you can use a calculator and all that stuff and Google certain formulas. But it's like quite different to be in a stage with like other executives and really sort of hard um, personality grilling you and being very demeaning, right? And so what ended up happening was you know, I became petrified to get into almost any meeting with this guy because of this, of the data, of not feeling like I was data-driven enough, not feeling like I had all of the formulas memorized enough, all of the acronyms memorized enough. And it came to one point, I remember we were in a meeting, just him and I, and he had asked me about a particular metric, which I wasn't familiar with. It was... CAC payback period, right? So it was like client acquisition cost and the payback period because in the SaaS model, obviously it's like a subscription service. And so there is a period of time in which the um, the subscriber is paying you over certain whatever X number of months that's going to cover the cost of their acquisition because usually these subscription models are like quite low and maybe the acquisition cost is quite high. And so in this case, that, that was the case. But I had no freaking clue what the CAC payback period was. 
And I was like shaking <laughs> in this meeting and completely like frozen as he sort of yelled at me being like, you don't even know what a cat payback period is. Like, what are you doing here? All this stuff. And it was, it was so embarrassing and it was so shaming and I hate, I hated it. I hated it so much, but I have to say like what that ignited in me was this fire to become as data driven as I could be. And it wasn't so much needing to know how to do all of the math on the fly. That wasn't actually really the issue, although that's what I was focused on. It was the confidence, it was the mindset around the whole topic that this guy just saw right through me and just kind of like <laughs> latched himself into that insecurity and that was just his personality type. But I felt this deep shame because as a marketer, right, and having sort of so much experience on strategy and pushing projects forward and sort of I've spent so much, so many years getting my systems down in terms of how I run my meetings, how I lead my team, how I get the most out of um, out of my team and playing the quarterly goals and all this. And I had for so many years avoided this data issue because I just didn't think I could do it, right? But from this experience, ignited inside me was this deep, deep desire to become as confident in data and metrics in the business as this founder was and as confident as any man <laughs> that I had come up, uh, up against, um, either as investors or other founders that just, I admired that ease with the numbers and that confidence around the data and just that feeling of knowing that that person is very switched on because they understand perfectly the metrics in their business. So for years, I took university courses, LinkedIn courses, YouTube courses, and I learned the basics. I mean, I even to this day, I have a stack of, of, of like note cards, like what are those like? Yeah, those like note cards, those line note cards on my desk that has, you know, lifetime value calculation, cat like client acquisition cost, um, cost per click, all of these formulas like right there. So I always can have them at hand. But it, it wasn't, again, it's not the mechanics of knowing the answer. Like that, that is learned. So through that process, I realized because I, I came across months later after sort of like being done with that horrible founder, I found myself in a pitch meeting where I was also grilled on metrics and was brought back to that anxious anxiety feeling. And I was like, there has to be something more than this because I know the numbers. Like I, I know the formulas. I, I know how to, to read a scorecard. I understand all of the stuff. But it was much deeper than that. It was confidence and when I talk to other to female founders I know that I'm not alone here and what's even more ridiculous is that a lot of female founders that I've 
that I've talked to about their pitch, their pitching experience with investors is that this idea of the metrics and the data is quite stressful for them. And a lot of times female founders will leave the numbers and the finance to like the male counterpart. And this actually breeds such a dangerous trend in which actually I've heard also a lot of investors, uh, sorry, a lot of female founders who have been in front of investors and investors are just automatically directing financial or number or data questions to any man that's in the room, which actually sucks a lot if you are, you know, a solo female founder and do have a very strong handle of the data. But I think that there's a larger cultural question here around the idea of women being um, really strong in the areas of math and science. And that's like a whole other podcast for another day. But I know for me personally, it's that story that I've had in my head since I was a kid of not being good with the numbers. And I just had relinquished that for so many years. But as technology progressed and as my role as a marketer has changed to being so dependent on data, um, I've been forced into learning it and loving it. And now I'm so passionate about breaking it down. And this month is going to be filled with sharing, you know, those most important metrics and sort of helping you out there that it, that are interested to sort of get comfortable yourself with these key numbers so you can talk to any founder, uh, sorry, any investor or anyone else that's interested in knowing it, the metrics in your business and using these metrics to actually make informed decisions. But the first step is to switch your mindset. Because if you are like me and it was like so foreign to you and so anxiety inducing to think in this way, I want to give you three really easy um, ways that you can develop a more data-driven mindset. And this is what I've been working on now for the past, you know, three, four years is just this. So what's the number one? What's the number one way that I have helped develop myself to have a stronger data-driven mindset? So the first is to ask yourself, get used to asking yourself the question, how will I measure this? So no matter what is happening in your business, whether it's you know, some regarding hiring or if it's regarding production or if it's regarding marketing or sales, any tactic, any strategy, any playbook that you run, ask yourself the question, how will I measure this? And it starts to help you think in that way and visualizing or imagining how the data is going to be um, collected and going to be viewed in a way that's going to give you actual insights. So asking yourself, how will I measure this? But more than that, and this may, I don't know how you guys will feel about this, but I also do something in addition to this because it wasn't so easy for me to just think on my own. How will I measure this? It wasn't ever something that came naturally to me. And so I actually started as part of my daily routine (laughs) Um, using an affirmation, okay, like an affirmation that I would like say to myself, say in the mirror, meditate on, which is I am a data-driven person. I really do this. I really, I really actually write this every day. 
Um, I have this morning practice where I, re- I have like a, I do gratitude journaling and then I write down my 10 goals for myself um, that I'm working towards. And one of those goals for the past couple of years has been I am a data-driven person because I understand how important that is for business success and the success of marketing in general. So I know that by being a data-driven person, that will help me achieve my goals of getting better results for clients, getting better results in my own business. So the other thing that saying an affirmation or writing it down daily like I do does is that it plants this, this seed in your head. So as you go through your day, you actually will remember. It'll be almost like something turns on in your brain because you've set that intention for the day, you've set it or written it, and that this question, how will I measure this, comes to you more naturally. So for me, that, that has really worked. And again, I continue to do it because I, I continue to improve. I'm still taking courses when I can, learning. It's one of the more active learning topics that I am always continuously improving on. Um, because it is, it's constantly changing and there's constantly new ways to, to analyze and, and learn about data. So number one is asking yourself, how will I measure this? And I would suggest bringing it more into your life by using an affirmation if that calls to you or writing it down in a journal on a regular basis to kind of remind you and plant that seed that yes, you are a data-driven person. You can do it. You are smart at numbers. You are smart at data metrics and nothing anyone can put in front of you is above your understanding. So that's number one. Number two is visualize your data. Now this is a game changer. And this is what I learned from that really difficult founder I shared the story about earlier because one thing I realized that this guy was super sharp with data but one thing that he was obsessive about was visualization models for data and he was constantly yelling at everyone about how to visualize the data better and that he wasn't liking the models that they put together and all of these things and once I kind of look learning from him about how important it is to visualize data, something kind of went off in my head. Because when you look at data in a spreadsheet, um, it's not very actionable. It's not really easy to um, extract insights. And it's, that's pretty obvious, but for some reason for so many years, like that didn't even dawn on me. So when I started seeing these visualization models, I was like, oh, like this is way easier to digest. Like how come I haven't been kind of asking of my team or looking at data in this way before? I always just kind of popped everything into a Google sheet and then was wondering why it was so painful to look at. (laughs) So one tip that I have though for visualizing data, because again, there's so much data. So as founder, or as marketer like me, I like to focus on as the the first bit of data, like the top line, most important sort of data funnel to look at is leads, is kind of like reach to leads to sales call to close one. And 
once I started doing that for like every marketing activity, it's essentially a marketing channel performance, um, like it's your marketing channel performance data, right? But once I put the pieces together of like, oh, I can separate from market, the marketing activities and create the same exact funnel for every single one of those channels. And then I can see quite clearly which channel is performing better, which is not. And that is data 101. <laughs> and I think it's, it's the most basic thing. And it is, it is so like satisfying when you put those models together because everything starts to just puzzle pieces start to fit together. I was like laughing, like giddily laughing the first time that I saw these models coming together. Um, and what's really cool or a really good place to start is once you see those funnels, it's so obvious to you, like what's working and what's not working. And what I suggest is double clicking onto any curiosity or any questions that you have. Not going, so starting really wide and from like a 36,000 foot view by making this model that I suggest and then very slowly digging little by little into the data. So I'll give you an example, okay? If you're like saying what the X, hell are you talking about? I, I got you. So let's talk about different channels, okay? We've got organic social, we've got our website traffic, right? Like our direct website traffic, our organic website traffic. We've got paid ads. So let's look at organic website traffic, okay? If you are seeing that that channel is producing more closed one deals or less closed one deals, let's say less closed one deals, my question would be, oh, I wonder why this is less closed deals. Is it because this channel has less booked calls? Or does it have similar amount of booked calls, like yielding from this funnel, as other channels? Okay, so if we decide that they're the same amount of booked calls than other channels, then there must be some presumption or something that's going on with that lead that comes through that channel. And then you can double click and you say, well, hmm, when these leads, these organic leads show up on our website, uh, website, what page do they usually land on? Are they coming to the home page, or are they getting to a landing page? Or are they getting into a different page of the website? And as you can see, you can start pulling at the yarn, and then maybe you can start making some interesting conclusions, like, oh well, you know, I see that this blog is actually where a majority of traffic is coming into and this blog deals with a certain subject and perhaps this certain subject would attract people that we can't help, right? But so you kind of start pulling the yarn and sort of digging very slowly and asking these questions and then you can use the, de the data to help answer those questions. So this is quite different than like opening up Google Analytics and just trying to make sense of what's going on. Because doing it from the from sort of that high level and then working into the into the details, you can start developing this story, right? And when I'm going on this process, I even write it down. I look at the big picture, I make some conclusions, I I ask these questions and then I kind of try to answer these questions that I have. And I find that it's 
a really helpful way for me to get more granular uh, with the data and analyze it rather than just kind of like opening up these pages of data and trying to figure out what's going on. So going from like the outside in. So that's step two is visualizing the data. And on this journey, any, like any way that you can visualize, I, I believe is really helpful. So, you know, if you do start digging into Google Analytics, for example, there's a, a lot of different views that you can be looking at data at and kind of pick the ones that, that you feel most connected to, the ones that kind of spark you or feel like they make the most sense for you visually. Okay, and so the third and last um, tip I have for becoming more data-driven, having a more data-driven mindset, is digesting other businesses' metrics. So how do you know if your results are good or bad? Okay, so as a marketer, I like to look at benchmarks, and you can just like Google benchmark for any kind of marketing activity, um, and you can kind of do a nice search based on your vertical, your specific like business type that you have. And that's helpful. It's really helpful to kind of like at least have that starting number so you can see where you are in the whole scheme of things. And you'd be surprised like how much you can find. And by going on this journey, just like through Google searches, you can find really cool things. Like I found like end of year reports. I found investor decks. I found such great information. I've also used great resources like Crunchbase, um, SEM Rush, and there's also another website called Howler as well. I've linked all those into the show notes of the podcast on the blog. But once you kind of start getting curious about other competitive businesses, like if you look at your direct competitors, you start looking at their data. I found like just the act of doing that helps bring the data to life a little bit more because you can start looking at, okay, the results they're getting and you can even... I mean, there's so much that you can find online. You can see how much money your competitors are spending on ads. You can you can look at ad performance of your competitors. There's so much information out there. Um, and this seems obvious to like, you know, ad managers, for example, but like the average founder, I don't think really understands how much you can dig into what the competitors are doing. So digest those other metrics, look at other businesses' pitch decks, look at other businesses' reports there's so much out there um and it really helps to bring this all home for you it really helps you to make sense of all this as well so i hope that this gave you some new ideas i don't know if having a data-driven mindset is something that you struggle with or something that's even ever crossed your mind and if it hasn't i hope that i've given you some food for thought because Doubling down and understanding the data and the metrics in your business not only will help you improve your performance and whatever function you're controlling in your business mostly, but it also helps the performance of everything that you're doing. And I would say that as you develop your data-driven mindset to pass it on, like pass it on to the people that are working with you because, and I'll leave you with this, unless you're a person that like is an ad, ad manager or someone that is an SEO consultant and you've worked in those kind of functions, I find that data analysis is not something we're all naturally born knowing. 
And this may seem stupid and obvious, but I feel like if you have a similar personality to me, I mean, I just carried so much shame for so many years of like, how come I'm not an expert at all of this data analysis? Like, how come I can't just do it? It must not be that hard. And none of it really, it isn't that hard, but it is, it is a skill to learn. So don't beat yourself up if you feel like it's confusing to you or you've avoided it before. Be gentle with yourself and start with these three steps that I mentioned, right? And it's just a simple mindset shift that's going to help build your confidence. And as you build your confidence, you'll be more open to learning and you'll be more receptive to retaining information and you'll just generally be more confident talking to others about the data and metrics in your business. So this month is filled with a lot of great information about data and metrics. So I hope that this is an interesting topic for you and I hope that you join me for the rest of the the next the next couple episodes in this series. And until then, I'll leave you with last note. If you are a startup founder and you've found yourself just completely wondering if your marketing was working or not and sort of don't even know how to put the data together in your business because you feel like none of the marketing activities or sales activities that you are doing are working, I think you more than ever as a person that would really benefit from getting the um, go-to-market strategy checklist If you go into um, the show notes of this podcast or on the blog or even just the homepage of Ugly Ventures, that's ugly with an I, U-G-L-I, ventures.com, you can grab a free template for the go-to-market strategy checklist. It's this super fun live document. I have videos in there. There's checklists to tick things off. It's like a live document. So many fun tips and stuff in there, but it's a really great way to get you started, cover the make sure your bases are covered with your marketing strategy so you can build out a really informative scorecard um, to help you track all the metrics. And then, of course, using the tips that I gave you today, um, analyze those numbers confidently. All right, that's it for this week. Can't wait to see you again back here next week. Bye for now. You did it. You made it to the end of the episode. Thanks for sticking around with me and listening all the way to the end. I really appreciate you as an audience member, and I hope that you found this helpful. If you did like this episode, it would mean so, so much to me if you subscribed, if you rate and review this podcast. It helps other people know that this podcast has something worth saying. It also would be super awesome if you could take a screenshot and share on Instagram and tag me at Ugly Ventures, U-G-L-I Ventures, V-E-N-T-U-R-E-S. I am always so appreciative to hear from you and I hope to see you back here next week on the Marketing for Startups podcast.